podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Ladbrokes. That was fun, Mark. Yeah, wasn't it? What was a fun on? podcast. Yeah. yeah. Who's your mate on the answer phone that rang you? Uh, that was Finn Taylor, star Very of Live good. at the Apollo, uh, Chelsea fan, all-round good egg. Love we'll it from him later from on. Him. Shame I couldn't pick up, really, but we were in a break and Busy. stuff. Uh, um, Sari gets a bit of a dressing down. Yeah, we talked about Sari, didn't we? I think I'm sort of, I feel like I was a bit anti-Sari during that, and you seem quite pro him. But you know what? That's what, that's what makes a magic hey, podcast. That's what makes us such good friends. <laughs> what else we talk about? Oh, first touches, because Vardy missed that penalty oh, yeah. with his first yep. touch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that and plus better soul scar, better Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, all I mean, of the football things. All in all, absolutely worth listening to, even though this bit might sound a bit dull. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Uh, yeah, do tune in. Enjoy. Welcome to the Whistleblowers Podcast. I am Mark Smith. I'm here with Martin Gritton as ever. Martin? Hello, Mark. You all right? Yeah, I'm great. How are you feeling? I'm feeling all right. I'm just, you know, good After weekend. a big weekend of football fun, and sport. just lots of fun. Good, good. Well, actually, yesterday, we'll start on this, uh, Super Sunday finally, finally, for the first time in a while, lived up to its billing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was brilliant. I, th- I don't know what you watched of it, but we had uh, uh, Spurs Leicester, and then, of course, City Chelsea. But not only that, Martin, because we also had, um, after that football, we had Norwich Ipswich. We had the third test in the West Indies. The Six Nations was on. Championship Rugby League was on. There was PJ Tour Golf. There was the Luge World Cup. Uh, at one point, at half-time with the City-Chelsea game, my wife described it as a new low because I was watching the semi-final of the Women's Pool uh, Championship <laughs> on the Free Sports Channel. Pool. The pool, pool, as in like like bad snooker. Wow. Easy snooker. Easy snooker. And I was watching it, and I was thinking, actually, you're right, wife. This this is a new low. This is bad. Rather than spend any attention with to, to your wife and child, yeah, child and dog, I, just, I've got a, I have to be, keep abreast of this. Not for the, for the whistleblowers. I've got to watch it. it. <laughs> Listen, I've got multiple sport broadcast jobs. I need to know yep. how this is resolved. Yeah, and actually, I've got some content out of it there. So. Every it was worth it. Absolutely worth it. Uh, but we will start. We've got to start. There's nowhere else to start than uh, the City Chelsea yesterday. Did you watch it? What do you think of it? Yeah, I um, just the effortless way that City go about things. This is when you talk about the difference between Liverpool and City, and Liverpool fans always going, "Ah, oh, well, we'll look back at you know points lost or matches played, or you know we're, we're as good as." But you when when you see City swat aside teams in that fashion and don't get me wrong Chelsea have their problems that are very exposed by a team like Man City but uh, that was an absolute doing yeah how much of it was Chelsea sort of at fault I mean they they squared up to them didn't they and they 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 went high press early on and went toe-to-toe with Man City which is always dangerous yeah Liverpool can do it but that's because they're set up to do it but I'm not even sure Liverpool would go full press against City. Liverpool beat City twice with it last year, last, didn't Last season. But that's when City were treating Liverpool as just another team and not as a rival. This year, when they played them at Anfield, that's true. They, they showed them respect and played them properly and should have won had it not been for a Mahrez missed penalty. And the same again at the Etihad. So I think, actually, 
that City treating them like they're a top four rival rather than a genuine title contender. No, you make a good point. And when, that was when Liverpool were, points were everything, weren't they, at that time? It's yeah. very different now. Points are flying around left, right and centre, just the way that teams are, you know, getting chipped away at. But City, effortless. But do you think that, how much of it are you blaming on, on Sarri for this? Or do you just sometimes, as an ex-pro, have to go, they're just a far better team than us? I, well, for a manager to come, he's not the sort of manager that was going to come in with that Chelsea squad. They must have had a game plan signing him and saying there needs to be a refresh, there needs to be a new style of playing because a defensive setup hard to beat. It's not the way he plays football. So therefore, give him the allowance to refresh the squad, bring in new players, give him that first year. But never thought it would come to these sort of moments where it's so glaringly bad that. Abramovich is a knee-jerk reaction guy, so that's an issue. Yeah. But, I mean, Chelsea started well, and I thought, here we go. This is going to be a proper game, right? And not the mauling that it turned out to be. I thought it would be a proper game here. And even when City went 1-0 up, and then Aguero misses that open goal, and you think, oh, you never know. Mm. Chelsea can still come back into this. And you blink, and 20 minutes later, it's 4-0. And then Chelsea start to play well for 20 minutes at the end of the first half. Yeah. But by that point, obviously, it's too late. But I wonder, Sari was playing the same way at 4-0 down as he was at 0-0. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't really understand. Is this, is this Sari being uh, completely stubborn and refusing to change things? Or is this, like we talked about last week, is this a blind spot? Is this him not using Jorginho the way he's supposed to be used, but particularly not using Kante the way he's supposed to be yeah, used? Yeah, that's weird. That's just weird. Because... There's, even when Klopp took over at Liverpool, it's taken him four years to get to the way he wants and he had to make shift, make players play certain ways that he probably he didn't want to play, mostly as goalkeepers. But people that were just not delivering the goods. Um, but Chelsea, I don't even know if, sorry, because I, I remember when I, was, when I was at Plymouth, we were getting beat 4-0 and I was like, oh, I've got to come on. I was on the bench. I was just a kid at the time. And the manager turned around to me and went, I want to bring you on because I'm not bringing you on at 4 0 down because this is a lesson for the players. And it was almost like a, these guys need to know. They've that got to they see out the fix whole their own thing problems. It's a punishment. Yeah, if you, it's like, and then we, we lost five now. And, and I remember that. And he said to me, he goes, it would do worse for you to come on and feel part of that shit. You've yeah, no match bonus, no appearance bonus. Yeah, well, when I was on absolutely square root of fuck all as well. <laughs> so <laughs> it made, made no difference anyway. But it was interesting that he said that because I was like, no, because I might, he goes, you know, the game's not going to change. And it was nice for him to give me that lesson. But I yeah. sometimes think that Sarri, because his candidness in post-match interviews leads me to believe that he's ready to gut the team if Abramovich backs him. Yeah, and I think also there's there's something to be said for keeping players out there to learn who can put out fires during a game, mm. to see who leaders. can adapt to a game. Yeah, yeah leaders, and not only just leaders, but are there anyone? Is there anyone in that in your roster, your starting roster that that can determine what areas need strengthening on the day at that time presently? And if there are, you keep them and you you keep them as long as you can because they're quite rare. Mm. But you look at someone like um, someone like Gundogan at, at City. He's quite unassuming and, yeah. and quiet, goes about his business. But him and Silva, similarly, they can, they can change a game. They know how to influence a game when they're losing or when they're or whatever. Yeah. And I don't see that at Chelsea. I see Hazard 
putting in a proper shift again mm. and being by far the best player in, on the Chelsea side and someone who really should be on the other side there. He should be playing for Man City or someone like that. Yeah. Because he is, for me, still one of the best players in the league. Yeah. He's up there with Salah or whoever. Um, I just wonder, this whole thing about Sarri, when he first came to the league, we were all promised this Sarri ball, this different thing, this revolutionary way of playing. He's only been there a few months, really, six yeah, months or whatever. Long. It's not a long time. And I always think about the film Moneyball, the baseball film with Brad yeah. Pitt, where he takes over the uh, Oakland A's and he introduces a brand new revolutionary concept, a technique of trying to get the best out of his players and you know, recruitment has all changed because of his new system. And he's given 18 months to do it. And I always think, well, well if he got cut off six months in, he just looks like a failure. Yeah. You've got to maybe see this through sometimes. However, I don't necessarily see this as Sarri. He's a guy that's been spending most of his career lower league Serie A, yeah. battling relegation. He's won no trophies, which isn't always a barometer of a career. But I can't see him being that guy. I don't think don't he think is he the Billy be Bean. Bo- yeah, and he wouldn't be bothered by it. It's like going, if they don't want to back him, that's their fault. Because Sarri is good enough. He's definitely good enough to, to transform a club. Why the problem is, that? I just don't know if it's the right club. I don't know if he's at the right club. That's what I'm saying. So, like, even Pock, like, for him to get to where he is with that squad, mm. it's like, it takes, it's taking him a, a while. It takes time. Um, the problem is, Chelsea are just immediate gratification just of because of the way that okay, they so run. Okay, so which club? If you were to keep Sarri in England, which club would you say? Do you is know the what? Right Imagine club? if he'd gone Southampton, and I really like Hessenhutl. Hassenhutl. I really like him. I think he's uh, come in with fresh ideas. What he did with Leipzig was amazing. Um, it gives that sort of that freedom to be a bit more creative. Imagine if he'd gone to Everton, say, because we were having this discussion last week, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. About Silva and you know the, the challenges that he faces, but um, Sarri. If you're going to let someone go, and plus, I do like the zero fucks attitude that he gives about post-match interviews. I know that he, I know he digs out, lads, and that, I know you're not a fan of that. No, not publicly. No. But he did it before this 6-0 as well. He, he, I mean, he said only 10 days, two weeks ago, that these players are difficult to motivate. Chelsea have got a very, very recent history of having a manager that would dig you out publicly. Mm. And they've seen how that worked. And I had a thought of all the managers to come in, having studied the club from afar, he'd know not to do that. Yeah. Players of this generation don't enjoy that sort of thing. And it's not helping. And by the way, fine to be a bit shitty with the press, but to refuse a handshake from Pep at the end of the game, Did I just thought was... He, he ignored it and he just sort of went really? on. And there's no way he didn't see him. That's awful. At least in the peripheral. That's that, the to me, that is, that is... That's weird. It's really petty. I, I expect more from him because I think he's actually a good guy, sorry. Is that is that been confirmed that he specifically didn't and just avoided it? I think uh, in the break I'll show you the video and you can make your own yeah, mind up. But I, I can't see how he didn't see him in his peripheral vision. There's no way. The first thing you do as a manager after a game is you look for uh, the, oppo- yeah, the opposite yeah. number and shake his hand. Yeah, lose with a little bit of class. Yeah, and to me that was just that. That is not say what you want about Chelsea, and at times they have acted as a classless club at times. But really, this is a big football club who, even if you're losing six 0 and you've lost six 0 just do the right thing. Just do the yeah. right thing. I, I, don't, I don't see any justification for it. No, I think make, it's really petty. Make a good point. I, uh, let's look at the positives, though. Aguero is just effortlessly brilliant again, and, and like as he always has been. The fact that you pointed out him missing that chance and how it had zero effect on him. And three minutes it, later, yeah, he's doing that. Yeah, one in from 20 yards, and it's just with zero room and zero back lift. Yeah, The f- yeah. technique to be able to find that over a goalkeeper of that quality... What a player. Yeah, I mean, 
Sterling was unbelievable. Yes. Zinchenko was superb at left back. Aguero, as you said, was wonderful. But the main star of the show for me was Mike Dean. <laughs> oh, Mike Dean. Mike D, as I call him. He's a beastie boy. He's definitely one <laughs> yeah. of the best guys. Mike D. Mike D is, I think, potentially a maniac. Daniel Story, um, who is a football writer, we both know who that is, yeah. but those who don't know him, check him out on Twitter, check him out on Independent and Football 365, really good writer. Good stuff. He, he, um, he tweeted saying that Mike Dean is the sort of person that turns up to a wedding in a white suit. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he is. I said that actually he's someone who turns up in a wedding dress. Yeah. And tries to upset Or a spinning bow tie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a, a, wa- a flower that squirts water in your face. <laughs> exactly. Who is Mike Dean? What is this? That, there needs to be a film I about it. I want to know. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the way he tries to upstage things. I mean, obviously. A Netflix series has got to be minimum, the thing. Minimum. They Surely. did the Sunderland one. They can do a Mike Dean one. I, I, I respect the fact that he is. I think he's actually quite a good referee, but he just wants to make it about him. And Aguero has just scored a hat-trick, wants the match ball, and there's Mike Dean hiding it up <laughs> the back of his shirt. I mean... Pure banter. Absolute pure fire bants. <laughs> That's all you can say about that. Uh, let's move on to the uh, second game of Super Sunday on Sky Sports, yeah. which was Spurs-Leicester. And Grits, Spurs again, digging it out. Yeah, great. What'd you make of it? Uh, well... I mean, I think uh, Pot has to be so proud of his players, the way that kind of, the way that they've stayed about, they've almost been, as other teams have fallen about the way, they've just kind of plugged, plugged away. And they've had a lot of injuries recently, which has, you know, probably affected them. But um, yeah, fam, were great, great performance. Yeah, they, 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 they were good. It was a strange game because I think Leicester could have won that game 5-1, weirdly. It was like the opposite of the United game at Wembley where United had two chances and scored one of them, and Spurs had 12 chances and didn't score at all. Yeah. Um, Leicester, terrible finishing. But I want to talk mainly about Jamie Vardy. So he, he's on the bench. Madison gets brought down for the penalty. Vardy's already stripped down. And they bring him on, and they say, right, go on, Jamie, your first touch, take the penalty. And he misses. Uh, in terms of first touches, not a great one. Would you, as Leicester boss be happy with that would you be encouraging him to take the penalty or would you say no you know what it's, this is like a, a defensive corner we're not making any changes mm. let's take the penalty and then bring you on Jamie well, what are your thoughts on yeah, that yeah really weird you have to back the player in that situation and ironically which, which player so no I'm saying like someone like Vardy you would back because right. he just has this kind of he's just but like he's not a warmed sharp up he's, not, he's just, he's just I know, come off the I, I totally but it's such a, a closed skill taking a penalty you, you hit it hard you pick your spot and he's a and a phenomenal striker, so you'd think he has the ability to do that. But you're right, the nerves of doing that. Mitrovic for Fulham the other week, which was a good penalty that got saved, but you're like, this is... It's almost like too much to put on someone, particularly a pivotal moment in the match. But for me, it can only go... If he scores, you go, well, yeah, he's he's supposed to score. In a way, like all penalties. right? But if he misses, that's a headline. Your first touch, Mm. you, you missed... Yeah. So for me, I'd say, personally, and it doesn't matter what I think, but personally, I would say Madison take it or whoever's the second in in command yeah, for yeah. penalties, and then bring Jamie Vardy on yeah, afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to say that after the fact. He could have played top bins. Yeah. Of course it is. But but I don't know. I, I just I never felt confident, even with Jamie Vardy, who I'm a big fan of, and I think he is a good penalty taker. I never felt confident with a guy coming off the bench cold and taking it. Have you got any thoughts on what the best or worst first touch you've seen <sighs> in a football match? 
Um, For me, mine is uh, Vinnie Jones getting booked in about five seconds. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I enjoyed uh, Stephen Gerrard coming on against Man United and getting sent off within <laughs> yeah. almost... I'm not going to do it in seconds. I'm going to do it in posts on the live feed on the BBC thing. It was literally two posts up. Stephen Gerrard enters the pitch. Stephen Gerrard sent <laughs> off. It was like... Yeah. Oh, my... 38 seconds was that? Right. I am um, not quite a first... Is that how quick it was? Yeah. In my mind, it's like five minutes, but is yeah, it really that quick? 30 seconds. Wow. I, um, my most, in, like, it actually affected me quite a lot of the time, but, but it is hilarious. Paul Sturrock brought me on as a sub at, at Plymouth, then substituted me back off. After how long? Well, this is the thing. I was only on with 15 minutes to go, and he took me <laughs> off. And I'm like... What have you done? Are you fucking joking me? Um, so... Uh, we had this reunion the other day because uh, that team we they absolutely we, we rolled the league and just flew up on record points, and um, and at the reunion, even this is like two thousand one. All these years later, he goes, "I great remember that time I brought you on as a sum took you off." I went, "Don't fucking say, don't say it again." That up. <laughs> I was still in therapy for that. Um, I didn't. His excuse was that he was trying to waste time, and I was the furthest player away, and I was like. Uh, all right, mate. Well, the goalkeeper, you can take him off if you want. He's a bit further away. And I, you were, and you I, were in the so I was so angry. I ran off and he went, fuck you, idiot. You're supposed to walk off. Take your time. I'm like, I'm so angry. Why would you take me off? And then he just kind of, and then he had to go up me in the local papers, like going, great and unprofessional doing that. I'm like going, well, you know what? If you give me a slap in the face like that, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm probably yeah. going to be a little bit irate about it. And when I went to Torquay soon after, kept a, uh, yeah, I, I, as as you know, I've no, I've never had particularly nice words to say about him. But he was a brilliant manager, and but that was an absolute kick in the ball. That was the one. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. the one. If you're asking, my best first touch, and I, I played, I played for a team called Ripley Colts in Ripley, Derbyshire, uh, and I came on off the bench, and I, in my first involvement was to get concussed. At the time, didn't didn't really know that, but nice. in hindsight, it was a concussion, and my first touch of the ball was in my confusion. I blasted it towards my own goal, oh, God. <laughs> thinking I was going the other way. Uh, so that's my best first wow. touch. Uh, right, we're going to take a break now. Um, so listen to an advert, and then we'll see you on the other side. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Ladbrokes. Welcome back to The Whistleblowers. I hope you enjoyed your break, Martin. Enjoy I your break. I think you had a missed call, Mark. What? Just checking you. Your phone was flashing. I didn't see that. Oh, yeah, it was. You're right. I got a missed call. Oh, it's from Finn. Um, he's left a voicemail. I'll do that now then. Uh, Let's so, have a listen. Yeah, we'll have a listen. Uh, so, we've got a voicemail here from Finn Taylor. He's a Chelsea fan and comedian, brilliant comedian. Um, did live at the Apollo last series, just done a run at the Soho Theatre. Uh, and generally, apart from a centrist dad, he's uh, also a good lad. Let's see what he's got to say. Finn? This is the Vodafone voicemail service for. The whistleblowers. Please leave a message after the tone. When you finish recording, please hang up or press the hash key for more options. So I listened to the game on Five Live um, with about 10 minutes to go. It was 6-0 and Dion Dublin said uh, that now it was a case of damage limitation for Chelsea. Really, Dion. 6-0. Um, I'm, this is going to be a, an unpopular take, but I, I don't think Chelsea were that bad. I think City are just the best fucking team on the planet. 
I, I don't really think we did a huge amount wrong. I just, I mean, Liverpool can absolutely get to fuck if they think they're going to win the league this year. Man City are the best team that have ever existed. And so, you know, if you go there and you, uh, well, to be fair, if you've got the best defensive midfielder in the world, maybe play him in defensive midfield. I mean, we're talking about someone who's, who's won back-to-back Premier Leagues and in the World Cup. I mean, in three years. You know, when I look at Kante, I see Thatcher. I see Reagan. You know, when I look at Jorginho, I see queues of the petrol pump for miles. They've tanked the economy again. Finn Taylor cannot stop being political, even in a voicemail to an old friend. You say centrist, it sounded very Tory there. I mean, Thatcher, it was always like Thatcher and Reagan was a little bit aligned with him. And he's, you know, oh, Jorginho, petrol no, no. pump Jorginho was no, a... No. When, when you think of, you think Thatcher, Reagan, Kante. <laughs> That's what I think. They're the big three, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, well... But you said no. Liverpool aren't going to win it. Liverpool might not Fair win enough. it, but Liverpool with a bit of a bounce back at the weekend, home to Bournemouth winning 3-0. What do you make of that? <laughs> I just still get over that. Dion Dublin damage limitation at 6-0. <laughs> really, Dion? Uh, yeah. Dion Dublin, who, Dion Dublin, who ironically was enchantment manager as a defence attacker. A, a defender put, slash striker. Slash striker. Yeah. Same as uh, Jerry Doherty. Yeah. was yeah. also like that. Yeah, Paul Warhurst. Good shout. Yeah. Um, I mean, Liverpool seem to be back to winning ways. But we said this about Chelsea last week against Huddersfield and then they came back and got smashed by City. So who knows? More importantly, this Chelsea defeat seems to have opened the door for United. Now, I know you want to talk about uh, United under Solskjaer. Yeah. Uh, what have you got to say about it? Well, just, just the way that now they've opened up talks with him to be permanent manager. And... Would you give him the job? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. There's no, it's a no-brainer. I mean, the guy, the best thing about him is he's part of the fabric. He's not, he's not trying to be himself. He's not trying to have an ego about it. He's got Mike Feel in there that you know, knows that club inside out. He's integrated with it. He respects the past. He has given confidence to anything about Man United is their attacking play and he knows that better than anyone he's like get the ball move forward be positive look, yeah, you know yeah, yeah, and of course there's time. more to it than that but when you've got players of that ability and I know you're a massive Pogba fan mm. as, as you know as I am I respect him massively as a player I just enjoy watching him play football but yeah. you know and he will he will get better I mean in terms of consistency in terms of going back towards his own goal or trying things I think players uh, mature in a nice way with kind of how to look after the football yeah you know uh, loads of guys I play with um that just became better players. Even guys that were attackers that moved into midfield or wingers that just were like, just protect the ball. Yeah. It's like when you play veterans football or when you play against an old team in five-a-side, you might be 5 nil up and then they slowly grind you down because they're just experienced enough to keep the ball. Yeah. Man United, will, you know, I think they'll That'll develop come. that. Well, I remember saying about six months ago about Pogba that I'd love to see him play for um, a Klopp team or a Pep team or a Poch team, someone with an attacking intent. And... Um, Luckily, he's not had to move clubs to do that. He's been able to stay at United and, and the manager's come in and, and done a great job. I think he is, certainly since Christmas, been the best player in the league. Uh, against Fulham, all right, it's Fulham, whatever. But he just looks like a different, a different machine to what we were seeing before. He does. And when he hits the ball, 
And the way uh, it was like De Bruyne last season, when he hits the ball, when it hits the back of the net, that if the net wasn't there, it would just still moving, keep going, and yeah. it just the power that he has yeah. to be able to do that and to On his see weaker it. foot as well. Yeah, he would, like either foot, he's just he's phenomenal. But um, it's holding up the ball and that kind of the bravado and the kind of arrogance about some of the things that he does really does affect the opposition and he's willing to take that on himself there was that bit in the second half about 70th minute where he gets the ball in centre midfield just a little lollipop and the guy whoever he is I think I mean Kearney, shops. he's just gone to the shops yeah I mean he's, <laughs> he's a goner what I like about Solskjaer being there is that you might have all these egos in the dressing room but I think really they're not bad people and they're still they are trying to pull together and do something we saw Pogba in the World Cup he's a leader he's a leader who wants to get his team playing because he yep. wants to get glory like everyone does now the uh, <laughs> that was a beer bottle oh, dropping no, no, now the it was, something, it was a vase. but the thing with Solskjaer is that whoever's big egoed in the dressing room can look at Solskjaer and go here is a guy that is the club because wherever you look in that club there's a picture of Solskjaer on every corridor of every every room all over the building. He is the He's club. The fabric. He's yeah. the, exactly. That's what's, that's, yeah, you said fabric. The, the that's that's exactly him, right. The the bit, you know, that like it still rankles with, you know, because he's got this kind of smiling assassin nickname. But the fact when he was coming on against, we talk about first touches or just maybe impact, he's p- perhaps the best impact player. That, you know, there was that old guy, David Fairclough, wasn't there, at Liverpool yes. that yeah, had yeah, yeah, was yeah. a similar sort of thing that even in the days before proper kind of substitutes were used to yeah. kind of elevate the game, they were almost just brought on for injuries. For injuries and then he it. became yeah. a different, you know, a different breed. Um, and Solskjaer being willing to assimilate into that mentality to, to be a sub and to come back on, to have the attitude to be... And so no one can ever... As he said when he first started, he was like, no one can ever say to him, um, I'm moaning about being at the bench because he, you know, he wrote yeah. a book. Yeah, absolutely. And he, and he made a, a, a great career for himself being an auxiliary player to, to a large extent. I mean, he started a lot of games, but he came off the bench yeah. for most of them. Yeah, I think it's... A, I, think, I think for me... Up until maybe a week or ten days ago, I'd have said, no, still go along with Poch. But actually, why would you change it now? No. The players seem to love him. He gets the most out of the attackers. And I think if you put in a good centre-back alongside Lindelof and maybe a more solid right-back, I mean, lot looks fine, but But which is young. easily done. I mean, that's Such an thing. easy fix. Because it's like... A couple of spend signings. 100, it's like spend 100 million on the best centre-half in the world that's 28. Who is or that? Or 27. Good question. That's not for me to decide. The fact that they design. couldn't get... Yeah, well, the fact that they couldn't get, you know, someone like Van Dijk or just looking at that and, you know, like Laporte, I loved watching... Laporte moved to left-back and was terrifying against Everton just absolutely terrorised them and you yeah. look at players like that that like wow there's a that's some good scouting from the yeah. city to be able to bring in players a, that and quality. a lot of money a lot of money but, but, yeah, absolutely but, but right. worth it yeah it's definitely worth it it's, it, if the player is plugging a, a gaping hole in your Oof, team I love, yeah I love them plug yep, sorry, yeah Cam. then it's <laughs> you you spend whatever money it takes Liverpool did it with Van Dijk and with um Alison and, and look at what it's done it's, yeah, it's no. been brilliant uh, let's talk on the other end of the table now let's, let's go to the bottom end of the table and this could easily fall under unpopular opinions of the week but if Cardiff City stay up I think Neil Warnock should win manager of the year mm-hmm. discuss the amount of shit that man's been through this season just yeah. with like 
personnel not necessarily having all the resources with Salah, that, that horrendous situation that's happened there, and mm. so sad. Uh, his stoicism, his way, like, he, he's obviously, in previous seasons, he's gone up and he's like, it's warmed down. I think he's almost looks a lot more settled. I remember when they were getting beat and his post-matches were quite, you know, almost, what's the word? Almost like modest in terms of like, well, you know, this is what happened or just honest. He was, he, he was giving people credit. He said there, but he seemed team. happy to be, he yeah, seemed exactly. just grateful to be in the Premier Correct. League. Correct. And I think most of us, absolutely myself included, I wrote them off in October, November, maybe mm. at the latest, thinking, well, they're done. They might get 20 points, maybe, if Could they're lucky. Could you name me five Cardiff players now? Um, if I asked you. I couldn't. Yeah, uh, Sol Bamba. Go on. Um, Harry Arter. Yeah. Um, yeah, Goodmanson. <laughs> Goodmanson. Uh, no, it's difficult, isn't it? It really is difficult. But Who else is there? Who have I missed? Uh, Sean Morrison. <laughs> well, back. It was a joke. I've uh, missed about 15 yeah. of them. I, I don't know any of the others. I literally have one Kamarasa. more thing. Yeah. Kamarasa. Yeah. Missed him. Oh, um... Uh, Bobby Reed from Bristol. Well, let's stop this bit now. But so yeah, four. It's hard. Four. I mean, five, yeah. Neil Etheridge. There's none five. Yes, I can do five. <laughs> well done. Thanks, man. Congratulations, we got there. Uh, do, you want, do, do you have any of your fantasy football teams? I don't know. I don't have any Cardiff players on my fantasy teams, no. Good. No. Good. no. But I maybe should do. Maybe that's, that's me getting it wrong. But my point is this, that at the top of the league, yes, of course, when it comes down to it, Pep and Klopp will be talked about for manager of the year. And if they get a records point total, then of course that makes sense. But at the other end of things, this is a guy working, it's in the same game, but it's a different sport he's playing. Yes. He's, he's dealing with a much smaller budget with, as you say, awful circumstances at the club, playing for a chairman that seems quite a tough guy to work for. <laughs> Just it would be a miracle, and it'd be and, and at the minute they look like they're going to do it. Yeah, they look like they're going to stay clear of relegation. It's a lot. It shows you the value and the quality of guys that. I, and I've heard this about Warnock, and Warnock was the manager at Plymouth when I first went there. Um, uh, as like a, a trialist, and then kind of he he moved on, and Mick Jones, his assistant, took over. But he was very tri- like tribal about. He'd get the guys in, and you would do things together. And he'd, if you weren't part of that unit you know like Chris Morgan for him at Sheffield United and that yeah, yeah. He'd, he'd have an enforcer or Lucas Neal at Palace you'd have this enforcer this guy in the dressing room that would rally the troops and the, the 11 was really tight and they would always put in really good performances and he, and he's done that at every club he's gone to and you can kind of see how that would work uh, it's kind of in the same way that you know Huddersfield did it under um, under Wagner Wagner um, but also, like Rafa, like Rafa shows you the quality of Rafa Benitez that he gets. He beat City, he beat City yeah. at City. I mean, the guy is a, a brilliant football manager. Is it at City, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it was. he beat City. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it was. Was that the yeah. recent one? Yeah, yeah. No, it was at Newcastle. Doesn't matter. We can look that up. Uh, look, that is all the time we've got for. Let's not let's not end on a sour note. No. Uh, you can check on your phone. Now. All right, let's just sit down in silence and watch you check on your phone if Man City lost to Newcastle at Man City. It was at Newcastle. Um, the point is this. That's the end of the podcast. If you have any <laughs> thoughts about best first touches or worst first you're touches right, you've ever right, seen... Right. Well, am I right, Mike? <laughs> the, the opposite result, it was 2-1 away at Newcastle as well. Sorry, sorry I got a bit carried away. Yeah, or whatever. Whatever. Uh, Talk about, tell us about your best or worst first touches you've seen on the football pitch. Uh, tweet us at Football Podcast. We'll read them out next week. Until then, I've been Mark Smith. I've been Martin Grayton. And this has been the Whistleblowers Podcast.
The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Ladbrokes. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.